everyone. Welcome back. This is Charmaine. And today's episode is a very special herstory that connects to last week's uh, conversation on the Netflix series, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. We're going to be focusing on two characters that were mentioned in the show, um, Mama Marie, which we are going to talk about her connection to Marie Laveau and Marie Laveau's connection to other, um, her role in kind of other horror as well, and Lilith. Yes. Hello, everyone. This is Ricky. And as Charmaine said, we are continuing our conversation from last week. So if you want a little bit of insights about our like views of the chilling adventures of Sabrina on Netflix, feel free to listen to our previous episode. But for this episode, we're going to specifically focus on the characters Mambo, Marie, and Lilith. Um, I want to first start off with Mambo Marie. Um, I felt very I guess connected or my nerdy researcher self came out when I saw this or when I was viewing this character because I actually recently um, took a horror film class and I had the opportunity to write a paper on the analysis of the characterization of Marie Laveau in American Horror Story. Um, For all of our listeners out there, if you saw American Horror Story season three, Coven, then you see that Angela Bassett is introduced as Marie Laveau. And I kind of talk more about the misrepresentation of Marie Laveau and how that falls into stereotypes. And I'm going to connect that to Mambo Marie. I know that Marie Laveau is not... um, it's not a character per se in The Chilling of Adventures, but it's the kind of manifestation of the voodoo characterization and stereotypes that are stemmed from the characterization of Marie Laveau in popular Eurocentric film and narrative that kind of continue to carry on throughout The Chilling of Adventures of um, Sabrina through Mambo Marie. And I... I think it's interesting that the that the series uses Mambo Marie or introduces Mambo Marie, Mambo Marie as quote unquote Mambo Marie, Marie who isn't Marie Laveau because I definitely know that American Horror Story got a lot of kind of backlash. So I feel like this series did that on purpose, but there's still some connections to kind of the history of the exotic exotic are the kind of um, stereotypical aspects of voodoo and what is voodoo um, and a lot of people don't know exactly they don't know about the history of voodoo and all they see is kind of these characterizations and so it becomes like this misrepresented um religion and practice that people get misrepresented if that's the only narrative that you get of voodoo um for example like it's it's best to give like a brief background of who marie laveau is to kind of understand the mischaracterization of voodoo um and i think that voodoo voodoo itself so there's two different spellings there's voodoo which is v-o-o-d-o-o and that voodoo is the kind of westernized like misrepresentation of the actual spiritual like Haitian practice of voodoo which is v-o-d-o-u and there's actually and I will we will provide all the resources on our website of course but there's a scholar that wrote about voodoo and their name is Cameron Brown and they state that voodoo is a is the system 
that they and what they mean by they um, devised to deal with suffering. They are black, black Creole African Americans that kind of came together during this time in America, um, mainly in Louisiana. Louisiana kind of became like this center pot where you had like Haitians and you had Native Americans, you had French and it kind of like all like um, the cultures kind of came together. And part of the Haitian culture was voodoo. And so they are the black or Creole Americans that kind of adapted voodoo from their Haitian lineage. And so they devised voodoo to deal with the suffering that is life, a system whose purpose is to minimize pain, avoid disaster, cushion loss, and strengthen survivors and survival instincts. So Haitian voodoo, and that's V-O-D-U-O, was stemmed as what came from their cultural connection to Haiti so that they could keep that connection and to help them deal with the traumas that was going on. So it's kind of like a religion for them. And it was something that it was a practice that they had. And it was something they, um, they really kept true to their heart. And voodoo is not something that is new. It's been around um, Cameron Brown notes that for more than five centuries, voodoo has thrived, like giving cultural and spiritual comfort to generations as they survive wars, rev- revolutions, and natural disasters. So I feel like when you, when um, media, our mainstream media, takes voodoo, V O O D O O, and runs with the misrepresentations, I feel like it overshadows. this actual spiritual practice that a lot of people have, Mm -hmm. Haitian voodoo, that's V-O-D-O-U. And I think it becomes problematic because people don't realize that the creation of voodoo was actually created by Eurocentric narratives to continue to stereotype the Black woman. Like the creation of the stories, a lot of the stories that we quote unquote know about Marie Laveau came from Eurocentric patriarchal narratives to villainize and evilize like the African-American woman or the black woman in general. Mm-hmm. And through this villainization, you can have people react in fear and get scared and be like, oh, witchcraft, magic, and, and kind of draw away from that. And I was kind of disappointed because I felt like the tone of the chilling Sabrina's or the chilling adventures of Sabrina um, was to kind of overcome the stereotypes of magic. And I feel like they could have done a lot with the usage of voodoo to kind of deter away from the V-O-O-D-O-O and Mm -hmm. really learn more about what Haitian voodoo actually is. For example, throughout the show, several times they use voodoo dolls as a source of evil. And that's not what voodoo dolls, like voodoo dolls aren't meant to harm. Voodoo dolls aren't meant to inflict pain. But we see that happen throughout the show multiple times. So even though they don't have the, you know, specific character, Marie Laveau, a lot of the manifestations of voodoo stereotypes happen through Mambo Marie, happen through their usage of voodoo dolls. Even the fact that she's speaking Haitian Creole, mm-hmm. but still using the voodoo stereotypes, I feel like really resonates with the disconnect that the show has to certain marginalized communities. 
Yeah. That's, I'm so glad. Thank you for giving that history. Cause that's, I learned so much too. Um, just from that, like one of the things that's really disheartening too, about the way that voodoo is interpreted and, and well represented in the media and especially like in mainstream Europe, European Eurocentric media, um, that we see in the States as well is like that voodoo is seen as a kind of a, a ritualistic black magic, like a, mm-hmm. it, like, you know, a magic used against people when actuality it's a, a form of spirituality and religion that's used as a form of comfort as much yeah. other faiths and spiritualities are. Um, and they're used as, as like comfort and as healing for people, not as, um, just as like something that's against someone. So that's like, puts mm-hmm. it into the category, like it's an easy categorization into like good and evil. And then mm-hmm. I think that also like connects to what you were saying about the interpretation or I'm sorry, the representation of the black woman. And I'm thinking back, like, as you were speaking too, and as we we're having this conversation earlier, like before we recorded, I was thinking a lot about the various interpretations I've seen of voodoo, like even in like, um, the, the, the Disney movie, like Tiana, like in the way yes. that, you know, how like they have that voodoo character. Like I know you and I have talked about that. And then even in the way, like, so I remember, I think it's the first season of Sabrina when they're doing, performing the exorcism on Jesse Putnam on Theo's uncle. And mm-hmm. they're invoking all of the um, witches from the past. And they, you know, they, they're like saying like Marie Laveau and they're using Anne Boleyn, like all these names, which first of all, side note real quick, I was like, oh, okay, we're going to just Go ahead and accept We're just going to throw, throw Anne Boleyn in. We're just yeah. going to throw these characters in there. Which like, she yeah, was already like witch. thought of as a witch. So I'm like, okay, I guess we're playing into that. Like, I don't know if this is the good thing or a bad thing, but that's really one of the few times that they actually use Marie Laveau. Um, mm-hmm. And I think she comes up again, like once or twice. And I really appreciate your, like your analysis on like, like her manifestation, the manifestation, like the Marie Laveau of Marie Laveau in the Mama Marie character. And a lot mm-hmm. of with that, I think there's also a lot that's lost because I think with them doing the Mama Marie character, it gives them more like in quotes, like creative freedom, but that also is almost like license for misinterpretation. And that's yes. not okay. Yes. Because I feel like when people see Mamba Marie, the first thing they think of is Marie Laveau. Like to be honest, uh, yeah. it's a show yeah. about witchcraft. She's practicing voodoo. Like when you see Mamba Marie, the connection you make is Marie Laveau. And I feel like, and also like, so, uh, okay. So the, the person she turns into at the end, he reminds me a lot of, um, in American Horror Story, there's this Papa Legba and he's, mm-hmm. he's the, he's the, he's the person in control of the underworld. Like, and Marie Laveau and Papa Legba are like this in like they have a relationship and that's how Marie Laveau gets her powers so the fact that towards the end like Mamba Marie turns into that's what I thought of when I saw that character mm-hmm. I was like okay mm-hmm. now they're saying Mamba Marie is Papa Legba like I'm I'm trying to understand what they're trying to do it's like they throw in sprinkles of like of like connections but they don't want to be explicit because they don't want to get backlash but I'm like if you are going to use a character, why not do the research and actually like speak to the misrepresentation, if that makes sense. It's kind of like the conversations yeah. we had before. Yeah. Instead of giving into the misrepresentation and leaning into that, why not dismantle that mm-hmm. and bring in like an alternate and more like accurate perspective, which accurate isn't always my favorite word, but 
Yeah. I, I think that's very valid. And I think that's a really important, cause I definitely made that connection as well. And the whole, like, yeah, there was a lot that was, that was it missing was, from, it was from missing. that character. Yeah, it was missing. And and I'm uh, sorry, I thought about this too. There's also the fact that she wanted to teach the black characters like Haitian voodoo too. And I, I saw that connection too. And I was like, okay, where are they going with this? And then it just cut mm-hmm. off. I'm like, wait, wait, where are you going? Like, yeah, you can't just like drop a crumb and be like, okay, that's it. Like, I feel like there was room for, I'm gonna continue to use this word evolution. There was room to like, like explore that more because she wanted to teach Judith and Judas um the the Haitian voodoo and then like she she started to get a connection to Roz and tell Roz more about like she's a witch and stuff like that and and the and then they formed like the weird sisters together you know where they were seeing the cosmos and stuff but then I was like I was like okay is this like a black thing like is this like a you know I'm like I you know I'm black I'm watching I'm like okay is this a black woman thing like is this something we have because of like our ancestral roots and and you know connected to Haitian voodoo like is this but then like one of the rear sisters just gets replaced with Agatha when Mambo Marie leaves and I'm like okay it's not that what is it like what's going on yeah and yeah 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 I feel like yeah, the show that connection Yes, that's a great. Yeah, that's so true. Like, there's so many connections that just you're like, ah, oh, almost. Okay, we felt we fell through. Like, we we were so close. Yeah, the weird sister one was really weird because first it's like Dorcas. Sorry, this is such a side note, but like this is Dor. It was Dorcas, Prudence, and Agatha, and like you know, Dorcas was like the Regina George, or um, I'm sorry, Prudence is like the Regina George, and the other two were like her hench mean girls, and they, you know, and on all that, they had the connection, but it wasn't really developed. And then we saw like a real weird sisters connection. Their, their whole storyline was developed. And we saw that connection that they had between mama Marie Prudence and Roz. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, this is going somewhere. And then, yeah, when mama Marie left and then it was like Agatha, I'm like, okay, so then are Agatha and Prudence like reconnecting because they had that weird sisters, like telepathy connection, telepathy connection. And then like, Roz is there also because she has, she has that connection. Like it just, it, yeah, there was so much that it could have been developed and then it just all fell through. And I think that's really where the show did a disservice to its, to its, um, characters because I mean, I really like, especially like acting wise, I think that they like all the, the black, I'm just going to like all the, all the characters are really great to be honest. I think all the characters were great actors. I think Sabrina did a great job. Father Blackwood was very like you know lucifer lilith like all of the characters are really good but i particularly found like prudence and ambrose and Roz and, and mama marie too to a certain extent really like had their characters down and i think they, they carried the show a little bit I'm just gonna put oh yeah parents show just a little bit yes. <laughs> yeah absolutely especially prudence some of these scenes with prudence i'm like prudence is carrying this entire scene on her back like she is a phenomenal actress and like I just, I think there was so much more that like, if they would have given them a little bit, these characters a little bit more depth, like how much more that would have been developed. Yeah. Yeah. And like furthering our conversation about depth, I feel like depth, not depth, depth. Um, I feel like we can go into Lilith and like, like, okay. Like there's, I feel like there's so, and oh I think God. it's interesting yeah. that I started watching a show when we took Dr. Keating's spiritual activism class and then we we had a conversation about Lilith and kind mm-hmm. of like the misrepresentation of Lilith the villain villainization of Lilith and like all of the na- all of the shuns with Lilith happened basically and 
I think it's interesting that they chose to use a Lilith character within yeah. the within the series because I feel like although we get her backstory, a lot of her backstory is the Eurocentric framework of her backstory. Like mm-hmm. we don't get we don't get to see like there, I feel like there's so much more they could have done with Lilith than just framing her as the victim. And I feel like she, towards the end, she has an arc, but it kind of like, boop, it deflates, if that makes sense. Very, Yeah, you're right. It deflates very quickly. And I think with Lilith too, is like, they constantly have her like battling between victim and villain. And I know, mm-hmm. I, I think this is the thing with a lot of the characters, but especially with Lilith, like she really like, her yeah her character development in the show too was like real disappointing because she's constantly and that's when like I brought up the free will thing earlier in the episode that we were talking about in in our review episode on chilling adventures of Sabrina like they really show like the lack of free will that I think like women have in many situations in the the person in the personification of the character of Lilith so to introduce Lilith um who is she? She's often like, she, she has a lot of different roles and interpretations, but she's often known as the dark moon goddess in astrology. Um, she is, um, Adam's first wife. Um, she's often written off as like a evil character. She's kind of like mm-hmm. groups in with like Satan as like a, um, anti, um, I don't want to say antichrist, but like a, a you know, an anti like Yeah. She's like the, she's like written off as like the mother of demons. So it's like, okay. she is yeah. like, she's like, uh, she's constantly villainized. And it's also interesting that she's left out of most mainstream Bibles too. Like her whole story is like left out. Yeah. Of, of we don't like have I, a, like, there's no, I, I never learned of an, of a Lilith character in Islam. Like we don't, but also I will say the Muslim, um, and this is where I think like religion, spirituality also it's, it veers into so many different directions because the creation story in Islam mm-hmm. and in different interpretations of Islam, especially the one I grew up with are very different than what we yeah. have in, in the Bible. So then there's yeah. that, but yeah. Yeah. And I think it's the same for like Christianity or like all of the different forms I've know of, I've never heard of Lilith, like in Catholicism, um, Presbyterianism, baptism, like I've never heard of Lilith. Like I didn't know of Lilith until, um, when did, until we took that class and I was like, oh, what's a Lilith? What is this? And then of course I went down the rabbit hole and watched all these documentaries, but I had never heard of Adam having a first wife before Eve because everything we're taught is like Adam and Eve. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I think it's interesting that these stories and when I was looking up who Lilith was, a lot of the, um, a lot of the context came from like Jewish mythology, mythology. And I thought that was interesting too. And a lot of the resources that we would post on our website come from Jewish mythology. And I think it's interesting that sh- th- this, that, even within that, like she's another like female character that's kind of like othered or like put away or like, you mm-hmm. know, villainized. And I think that the show kind of falls into those, falls into those stereotypes too. Like a lot of like, like you think like you're following her and you think, okay, all right, she's getting somewhere. And then it just like declines. And I'm like, oh yeah, here we go. Another yeah. stereotype. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Yeah. She does. She falls into those tropes a lot. And it's almost mm -hmm. like 
the story of Lilith is like, because we see this a lot throughout history where it's the good woman versus the evil woman. Yes. And there's just the man, like the man is yes. allowed to be three-dimensional. The man but we is have, okay. <laughs> yeah. He can, he can embody good and evil. And he's, he's just, he's there. He's a central character. And then women have to either fall into the good woman who is often the victim, the dame, the damsel in distress, or the evil woman who is often the older witchy woman who is the Jezebel, the, the cunning seductress. Yeah. 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 That's really interesting. Oh, I love that. I love that. I think you said that perfectly because even we see this in the in throughout the whole show like i feel like even with lucifer like lucifer is just allowed to be lucifer right but then mm -hmm. you have lilith going up against like sabrina spellman and like it's always like and even at the very beginning of the show we're introduced to lilith as she is like the evil older woman like even the fact that they decided to make her an older character too yeah i yeah. think plays into that like young versus versus old and like I just feel like there was so much that they could have done to debunk stereotypes like debunk sex sexist stereotypes like even if they didn't even if they still wanted to just keep her character there's so much they could have done with her character to debunk those those stereotypes like even at the end when she kills her own baby I was like what what where are we going like what's what's yeah. happening that like was a whole thing it was almost like to put like and then she still got like screwed over like I just feel like I'm like for Lilith being as powerful and wise as she is the decisions that she's making don't match up to her character just death. like what? like she's such a deep character yeah and then you're like wow that was dumb well I mean they all do that at certain times I'm like damn Sabrina for being like a witch like you're really doing some like what's wrong with you and so I found myself saying that a lot throughout this throughout the series but even with Lilith like in the so when they go into her backstory and from what I remember like she says how like basically she helped heal Adam or I'm mm -hmm. sorry Lucifer she mm -hmm. helped like heal him and get him his powers. And then he's over here like, I will be king and you will reign as my queen. And then millennia later, he still hasn't granted her anything. And I'm like, and, and I get it. Like I get that plays into like misogyny and like, you know, the power imbalance and this and that. And they talk about that a lot in the show where they, you know, they say like, oh, you like Lucifer never wants to give you power and, um, you know, certain, like he won't give you power because you're a woman and this and that. And so it really, I guess, plays in like the misogyny of, of Lucifer. But even then I'm like, but she, how did she like heal him? And then she doesn't have any powers. Like Lucifer continues to like screw her over. And then like, like you said, they like start to give her some death and they're like, oh wait, no, we're going to take it away. We're just going to, we're going to keep yes. taking you back to being the villain where they had a lot of times where they could have really like not given her the short end of the stick. Because I feel like she really, in every scenario, this is beyond just this show, but I feel like every time I read about Lilith, like, but especially on the show she really gets the short end of the stick in every scenario. And it plays into the hegemonic narratives around Lilith and older kind of witchy women. I also thought about this with when she like, cause you mentioned like she kills her own baby and stuff at the end. I thought about this in like, um, fairy tale and the fairy tales and the way that they talk about the witches, you know, like especially juxtapositioned against all of like the Disney, like, okay, first I about like Disney princess fairy tales, like Snow White and the evil witch who lured her with the apple. And then like, um, sleeping beauty, Maleficent and Cinderella and her like older, like evil stepmother. And so it's like, there's always like the witchy character juxtapositioned against like the young, naive, innocent, often virginal white female character. So all of that, I think like really they kind of took all of that and really 
played into those problematic narratives for the Lilith role in the show. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like they had so much room not to play into those, those like characters, but they mm-hmm. still ch- chose to. And I feel like that speaks volumes for everything that we've been talking about and why it's so important to talk about these things and address these decisions that are made by shows because I feel like with with this show there was so much potential and it just didn't go there I agree yeah there was I think that was one of the things like we both like I I think when in our many conversations about chilling adventures of Sabrina we both really enjoyed the show but there were so many things that you were like especially when you are and this this goes back to the conversation that we started in in well we started it when we talked about Harry Potter but like we we have this in the conversation where we do the chilling adventures of Sabrina review the episode right before this one from last week where it's like in fantasy you have so much space to break free of those molds, to break free of those problematic narratives, to present a holistic story, three-dimensional characters, to introduce people in roles that they haven't been. And unfortunately, a lot of these continue to center those hegemonic narratives, to reproduce those problematic storylines. And I mean, it's so unfortunate, but that'll also go back to like, who is creating these stories? And that connects back to what you were saying, Ricky, about American Horror Story with Marie Laveau, her characterization and the villainization of her, the exoticization of voodoo and Santeria and other like indigenous um, spiritual practices that, especially the ones that are rooted in like African culture and indigenous um, Native American culture. Um, we see this in Orientalism. And then also just a quick side note, it reminded me about like everything with Tim Burton that's like surfaced recently and how he doesn't cast characters of color because he doesn't think that they have a have a place in his world, which is wildly made up and like fantasy. So I think all of that is kind of like problematic when it comes to um, to fantasy. And there's a lot of a lot of room for improvement. And if you are like a fantasy writer or you found this interesting or you're a script writer, or you're writing short stories, whatever it is, if you're a creative who's creating these stories, think about that. And we talk about this too in our creative writing episode with Emmy Perez from season one, but like do your research, but also think about being able to like properly represent um, outside of tokenism, outside of tokenism quota, but be able to represent these characters in your stories. Like these people who manifest these um, identities are reading, are watching, are listening to these stories. So why are we not being represented? It's beyond frustrating, but that's that's a little tangent away from the Lilith and Marie Laveau um, conversation, the, the her, her story. No, I feel like that that is just such an important takeaway to just always like think about these things and think about misrepresentation and think about ways that we can fight against misrepresentation, even in our own individual levels. And I really appreciated that. And I feel like it's an important way to kind of, kind of in our, her story about the chilling adventures of Sabrina. Cause like we said before, like we love the show. We think it's an amazing opportunity that, that, you know, to start conversations about feminism to, you know, represent people of color. But I always feel like there is still room for improvement. And I, I'm excited to, because I feel like as we continue to be more media literate and talk about these conversations, I feel like the evolution of representation of characters will continue to grow. Um, And 
like we said before, if you have any media um, like related videos, series, movies, send them our way. We would love to like talk more about, you know, previous representations, future representations um, and how we can collectively and individually kind of have a more media literate framework and, and analyze the media world around us. So feel free to send those suggestions to us um, on Instagram um, or you can email us at graymatterslog at gmail.com. Um, but thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for listening. We appreciate your support. You can continue to show your support by giving the podcast five stars and by following us on our website, graymatterstheblog.com. That's gray with an A and on Instagram, as well as sharing and commenting on our posts on at graymatterstheblog. We want to connect with our Gray Matters community. That's you, our listeners. So if you have a comment or inquiry about customizable trainings and workshops, email us at graymatterstheblog at gmail.com. Stay safe, everyone, and we will chat with you next week.